Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of Fightful.com. FightfulSelect.com, FightfulWrestling.com. This was a night you want to go to Fightful.com. You don't want to go to FightfulWrestling.com or FightfulMMA.com. You want to keep it locked to Fightful.com because we got coverage of UFC, New Japan. We got stuff coming in from WWE at Madison Square Garden and something that ties almost all of them together in Brock Lesnar. If you were a subscriber to FightfulSelect.com, I dropped news tidbits. You would have known about the Brock Lesnar thing early. Obviously, I tweeted about it. We will go in-depth on that on the USC 226 post-show. This is one of the craziest nights that I have ever covered pro wrestling or MMA or both of them. This was an insane night, all things considered. Hot dog. If you all don't mind, share the link. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If this is your first time, we do shows basically about everything. Post-Raw, post-Smackdown, post-Pay-Per-View, UFC shows, UFC preview shows review shows my god we do it all fightfulselect.com is a way that you can support us uh, at least financially and get a nice reward we have a lot of exclusive podcasts retro shows exclusive news uh, early access to news of course i give you all your free content at fightful.com and fightfulwrestling.com but uh fightfulselect.com is a nice way to be even more interactive go just check it out New Japan G1 special. Now, we've had a ton of exclusives from this show. We have the the guys at Pro Wrestling Unlimited doing great work. Follow them on Twitter, both uh, Nick and the PW Unlimited account, as well as as Tim himself, Tim Jarrell. They are there now covering the New Japan G1 special live. We've had a bunch of interviews leading up to this show. Talk to Kenny Omega, Jay White, Juice Robinson. A lot of great coverage heading up with with this and of course i have the match ratings and podcast notes to come out tomorrow let's get right into it let's get right into it new japan g1 special what a finish on this show but we're going to start from the top bullet club combination of uh you know uh the guys who really made made headlines by the end of the night you got haku on this show in 2018 
I love it. I thought it was smart. He did a goddamn pile driver, and the ref hesitated, kind of blew a spot. And I was, I was like, ooh. And appropriately, Jim Ross and Josh Barnett called the ref out on that. I can't get behind almost anything of Yoshihashi's. His strikes look bad, almost as bad as his haircut. I can't say a lot. You can tell I've had mine up tonight. Just let it down. I'm looking like Michael Chiesa right now. Let's let's fix this. Rocky Romero tried to shoulder block Tangaloa. That did not work. That did not work. Mr. Warren Hayes, who does retro reviews with me on Fightful Select, says, have Ming fight Suzuki now? That is brilliant. I like that. Tomatonga gets a great uh, pop for a stinger splash. I've been saying it on the Fightful Select Weekender podcasts, what we review, everything not raw and SmackDown on. Uh, the Tongans and what they were going to do next was a big story. They haven't been on Being the Elite. They haven't been heavily featured on New Japan programming. They've been just waiting in the background, just waiting for things to unfold between Kenny and Cody and the Bucks, all that. So the culmination in all this at the end of the night was something I was definitely looking forward to. I thought that Rapongi and 3K, Rapongi 3K and Tama were the stars of this match, except for Haku. Uh, Rocky Romero hit Tama hard with a suicide dive to the point I was a little worried about, about uh, Romero. Somebody says, who would win in a shoot, uh, Haku or Suzuki? Uh, Suzuki, without a doubt. All due respect to Haku, uh, Suzuki's winning that. Tongan death grip into the stun gun. I loved the finish of this match. Middle of the road match, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Just so you all know my scale. The match starts at a 5 and it slides up or down on an out of 10 scale. 5 is average, 6 good, 7 gooder than that, 8 is great, 9 excellent, 10 perfect. And if you slide down below 5, you had to do something offensive. You had to blow a spot. You had to just completely not make sense. This was an average match. I didn't like Jim Ross calling that move, the stun gun, a version of the stunner. It's been a fucking finish in New Japan for years. All due respect to Jim Ross, but a uh, man. Little, little odd there to just refer to it as a version of the stunner. Toriyano and Tomohiro Ishii defeated Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. So JR Gaff, number three, as he says, Suzuki and Sabre won the Rev Pro Tag Titles last week. It was in January. Uh, January. Little odd. Ishii and Suzuki go at it and then tag out. I love Suzuki's immediate big boots, just running boots. That would have that was great, just him hammering at it. Warren Hayes, you should have told me you were going to watch this show. I would have had you review it with me. But you know the drill with Yano, and he is for some people, and he's he's just not for others. He's the comedy, the serious guys are the foil. I'm not big on him, but I think you do need him for variety. Uh, Ishii keeps getting picked off for the tag, then Suzuki just beats his ass. He is 50 years old, he being Suzuki. Yano comes in, tries a hot tag, gets caught trying to punch Saber in the dick. Ishii clotheslines Saber, and Yano pins him. When Cali goes nuts, that's what you get. New Japan books Yano to go over Zack Saber, who, mm, you know, I don't know about that. 
Dark Star Radio says, in all fairness to JR, Suzuki, and Z- ZSJ did defend the tag titles last week at SSE UK. Did he say they defended it or won it last week? Because if he said that they won it, that's that's a major gaffe. If not, then it's a gaffe on my part. You have Bullet Club's Hangman Page and Marty Skrull defeating Kushida and Tanahashi. I speak the world of, ta- of Kushida. You all know how much I love the double wrist lock. I implemented it into my own offense often, as did my trainers. So uh, that's something that I have a soft spot for. Four really good over talents. Shooting star shoulder block from Hangman Page still doesn't make sense to me. I'm taking a break from explaining it for a while, but when you do a shooting star shoulder block, you are actually slowing the momentum. If you come off and you're you're just running straight forward into a shoulder block, then that's more momentum than rotating your body and then hitting it at that angle. It just doesn't work like that. Tanahashi hit Skrull with a really nice somersault senton. I thought it was nice. I'm sure Skrull didn't think it was nice. It looked stiff. The hoverboard lock and the Texas Cloverleaf are locked on at the same time. Rite of Passage wins it. Hit you all with another Fightful Select plug over at uh, FightfulSelect.com for subscribers. You can get early access to Making a Finisher. Rite of Passage It's where I go in-depth with a wrestler about how they uh, – they came up with their finish, what motivated them to do it. This is a good win for uh, Paige and Skrull, but you knew Tanahashi wasn't taking the pin here. Never open weight championship. Hiroki Goto defeated Jeff Cobb. Cobb's belly-to-belly suplex was awesome. He swayed Goto around and like they had the body lock on and then threw it over the top. So I'm glad that Lucha Underground has relaxed their contract rules because last year Cobb would not have been allowed on this show. I mean, Ricochet wasn't allowed on their show on the access show because of his contract status. That's why he showed up and said that Lucha Underground were being real pricks and so on and so forth. And since then, that's been relaxed. And I think it's a wise move for Lucha Underground because Jeff Cobb showing up and having a performance like this on a New Japan show, whether people know that he's Matanza or not, the casual fan, uh, that it, it can do no – it can't hurt – Lucha Underground. It can only serve to help them. Goto slingshots over the top. The traditional Hoss has to be essentially the little man right here, but this was a Hoss battle. Uh, he, he clings Cobb's head off the post. As we suspected, this was a bit of a showcase for Cobb. He hits a big drop kick, but I th- my favorite spot in the whole match is that Goto spinning heel kick into the turnbuckle. Ooh, I love that. It's shades of Savio Vega in the mid-90s. If, if you all want to see a good one that I remember... It was a Raw in like January or February of 96. I think February, maybe even March. It was his Savio Vegas' first match with Steve Austin on Raw, and it was just a cold match, and they went at it, and Savio Vega hit this spinning heel kick, spinning wheel kick that sent him out on the apron. It was really good stuff. It reminded me of that, took me back to my childhood a little bit, and I love it when Goto does it. Cobb hits an Oklahoma stampede and then a standing moonsault. I loved his use of the Oklahoma Stampede. I thought JR was going to go bananas for it, (laughs) but he didn't. For those asking, I do have a UFC 226 post show coming up right after this. Each show will be a little more abbreviated than usual. I'm going solo. A GTR from Goto wins it. Really enjoying Goto's work these days. Can't say enough about him. Jeff Cobb is a good hire. They need to get Matt Riddle on this roster. Don't know how it'll work out with his WWN deal. I keep asking Matt when his deal's up. He won't tell me. 
You all should tweet Matt Riddle and tell him to tell me when his WWN deal is up. Speaking of, spoke to Gabe Sapolsky briefly. Said there wasn't a lot to talk about in regards to uh, the WWN sale rumors, but thanked me for reaching out for him, out to him. IWGP heavyweight tag team championships. The Young Bucks defeated LIJ's Evil and Sonata. By the way, I gave Goto and Cobb a 6 out of 10. Thought it was an above average, a good match. Gave Bucks and LIJ a 6.25 out of 10. Young Bucks defeated LIJ's Evil and Sonata. Evil is another guy whose work I have just been enjoying more and more lately. Sonata, I thought he was a little off in this match, to be honest with you. This was a lot of working the crowd until the big inside-out somersault cutter for Matt Matt Jackson, one of my favorite spots of the night. Sonata didn't seem to have the best chemistry with with the Jacksons right off the bat, and uh, he gets inside-out DDT'd on the apron, and he took that a little off, a little odd. A Nick Jackson 450 can't get the job done. More bang for your buck misses, and they accidentally super kick the ref. There's this really cool hot potato spot with the chair that gets kicked into Evil's face. That was a neat, creative spot. Nick gets dropped on a chair, but Matt breaks up the pin. It's a super kick party after that, and Meltzer Driver gets the win. Young Bucks are such an important, integral part of this expansion. I would say into America, but really outside of Daytona, they haven't. New Japan's expansion into California. They're going back to Long Beach in <laughs> in the fall, or uh, actually at the end of summer. We're going to likely send the PWU guys there again. But they are integral. And so is LIJ, but not necessarily Evil and Sonata. Sonata, even though he spent time in Impact, doesn't necessarily have a big following from that. So, it, I mean, he'll be familiar to some people, and that helps. But attendance wasn't great tonight. I heard in the 6,500 range, 6,600 range, and... That's just not good. I, I, In my estimation, what they did at Long Beach didn't help. I think that the few important matches that they had on Long Beach, and really none of them were bangers until the main event, it maybe told some people that this wasn't a must-see. However, I think that this show <laughs> probably attracted some more people to future shows in America for New Japan, and rightfully so. They corrected it. They saw problems. And uh, Chris Carlton says 6,333, he would know. He is the man when it comes to that stuff. So, I, going back to Long Beach, I, I, I don't know if that's the right idea. Maybe run somewhere that isn't California. I know they have an affinity for it, but why can't they run New York? Why can't they run Orlando? Why can't they run somewhere like that and maybe do... 7,000, 8,000, even maybe a 5,500 to 6,000 seat arena. I don't know, man. Up next, we had Will Osprey and Okada defeating LIJ's Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. A brawl kicks off the match. Naito does his sweep outside in drop kick, spits on the crowd, which Barnett hilariously blamed on allergies. A lot of people didn't like this commentary team. I think that Josh Barnett has kind of adapted and learned to work with Jim Ross in a live format. Jim Ross isn't the guy to be calling this. Ideally, it should be Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. And based on what we saw later in the night, maybe Josh Barnett isn't in the booth. Although, I thought that tonight, 
was the best night that uh, Barnett and Jim Ross have ever called a New Japan show on Access, without a doubt. We have uh, Nick in the chat. He is there on behalf of Fight on Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Said that uh, they just left the arena. It was phenomenal. You guys got to subscribe to Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Get their great coverage. Uh, a lot of the things they put together are a little prettier than the stuff that I put together. So make sure you all show them some love. They just cracked 100,000 followers or 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So that is incredible for them. Congratulations to them. Um, so <laughs> Osprey's backflip in Zaguri. I love that move. There are a lot of the things that a lot of things that he doesn't or that he does that don't necessarily make sense to me. But man, that one was good. Really liked that. Uh, I thought Naito was about to reverse Okada's big crossbody. Like I thought he was about to turn into a stun gun or something, but it didn't happen. But it fooled me. It fooled me. Crowd is all over the Naito Okada interactions, man. See, that's the thing that I think that New Japan does so well. Naito and Okada aren't necessarily in the title picture right now, but they're red hot. If somebody's not in the title picture, sometimes WWE has a tough time keeping them hot. Impact 2, Ring of Honor 2. Like, they have an abundance of top talent right now. Osprey sells a Bushi missile missile dropkick really hard, uh, flying all the way across the ring, and Okada almost missed breaking up a pin right after that. Then Okada whiffs on a rainmaker, hits the dropkick, which JR calls a big money dropkick. And I don't, I don't think he was calling it by name, and maybe I'm just completely out of the loop. But if that's not the name for it, big money dropkick for the rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, it damn well should be the name for it. Osprey's finish hits on Bushi for the win. This, this show was just paced really well, as I said. They adjusted for the American market. I didn't really get on that, but... The last show felt like it was forever. That didn't help the crowd. This one did not feel like it was forever. Even at four and a half hours long, this show flew by. Flew by. IWGP. Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hiromu Takahashi defeated Dragon Lee. By the way, I gave Osprey and Okada uh, over LIJ a 6 out of 10. This junior heavyweight title match, I gave a 6.75 out of 10. Dragon Lee's suicide dive kicks things off, and then he mocks Naito, or not Naito, but he does mock Naito. He mocked everybody in LIJ with a drop kick and a a, uh, tranquilo pose. Uh, Lee reads the crowd really well. He knew he wasn't going to be the baby face here. And uh, he adjusted. I like that. Apologies for that. Had 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 to address something (laughs) for the dead air there. So Lee cartwheels out of a Takahashi Hurricane Rana attempt. That was really cool. Love that. Uh, Takahashi flew to the outside with his goddamn ass and cracked Lee in the face. They absolutely do not call that the rear view. That was, if you're going to hit somebody in the face with your ass as a wrestling move, oh boy. That's how you do it. 
you know, I hate the stomp where a guy has to hold on to the, the rope, and that happened here on the apron. I don't like it. Takahashi follows up with a sunset flip bomb to the outside. There are several snap German suplexes from Lee and a double close on that leave both men da- down. A C4, standing splant, Spanish fly, whatever you want to call it, uh, hits for Lee after he's super kicked in the face. Takahashi hits a Rana and a triangle, but is uh, power bombed and holds on to it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So then what happened was very scary. A Dragon Driver, some of you may know it as a Steenalyzer. If you haven't seen it, it's because nobody, no company in their right mind will let somebody do it on TV. And we saw why tonight. But it is in the uh, WWE 2K video games of late. It's where you have somebody up for a powerbomb, you package their head in, and you heave them over, and they are to take a flip bump. Takahashi did not take a flip bump, or at least did not complete his flip bump, and he looked like one of those guys on You Got Served that scoots on their forehead across the dance floor. Jesus, man. That was horrifying. It was gross. It was sick. It was scary. It was dangerous. I don't want to see that again. I'm all for crazy, innovative things, and this was a stage where I think you can do innovative, crazy things. Oh, Andrew Doherty says Lee only started doing it in the Hiromu match in uh, BOSJ in New Japan. This was one of the scariest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Hiromu Takahashi is very lucky to not be in a Darren Drozdov situation right now. I'm serious. That's how bad it was. As long as I live, I will remember this spot, this move, that botch. That bump, how nasty it was. Man, I am really glad that Takahashi not only was okay, but finished the match and won the match. A lot of people, I had somebody saying, well, why wasn't that the finish? Well, because Takahashi was to win the match. Dragon Lee wasn't winning. But that doesn't mean that Takahashi is 
in the clear by any means. He could get an x-ray, get an MRI, and find some stuff, quite frankly, fucked up. I hope he's okay. I, I was glad to see him get up and attack the finish of the match. But, man. Whew. That's something I don't want to see happen again. Takashi wins with this finish after a running Canadian Destroyer. It was a filthy last couple of minutes in many ways. Exciting, scary roller coaster ride. Ultimately, it was a good match. My favorite match on this show, though, Juice Robinson became the IWGP United States champion by defeating Switchblade Jay White. I am going to rave about this. Rave about this. Bless Finn Balor and Matt Bloom, Lord Tenzai, Albert, A-Train, for getting Juice Robinson work in New Japan. So... First off, Jay White has been incredibly underwhelming. Yeah, I thank the guy for the time that he gives us, talks to us all the time for interviews. Cool. I thought the gimmick, the run, the matches, the title reign has all been underwhelming. On this night, Jay White was perfect. Jay White was awesome. Jay White got heat. Jay White did whatever he could, and he got over the hump. Jay White became a nasty heel tonight. He was a guy that with a push before this. But goddamn, he was nasty tonight. And Juice Robinson was a baby face tonight. A white meat baby face. I'm talking 1970 style white meat baby face was Juice Robinson. And Jay White was just a gross heel. And ooh, that was good. Ooh, it was good. Juice Robinson comes into the match with a broken hand. Don't know how legit it is. If, it, if it's story, don't give a shit. Quite, a, yeah, I do give a shit. Don't want the guy hurt, but great for the story. Juice is a southpaw. It's his left hand. That's his big power hand. So that takes a, a big piece of his offense out. Either way, Juice cross bodies wide out of the ring. Does a somersault senton. Boy, I appreciate Jay White's use of the half hatch suplex. That is a, a Billy Robinson signature right there and you all know how i feel about that i don't think jay white or juice robinson appreciated it though or his use of the uh, ha- uh the saito suplex that dropped robinson on his head one of my favorite spots in the match is juice reaching out for the ropes in an inverted stf and he has to reach out and grab it and his hand hurt from it That was great. And then Juice gets tied up in the ropes and attacked. Magnificent visual of him just struggling and he can't untie himself. Really good. Uh, he makes a brief comeback, but gets German suplex and has his hand worked over. Then gets half-hatched into the guardrail. Then there's a spot where JR, however old he is, and you can say what you want about his commentary, this helped get heat. Took a bump. And Josh Barnett took exception to it. Keep in mind, the recently released from UFC of his own volition, Josh Barnett. The has worked in New Japan before, Josh Barnett. Got in the ring, chased down Jay White. People were chanting asshole, but given that crowd, I don't know if it was at Barnett or at Jay White. But let me tell you guys, 
Josh Barnett. If you like Minoru Suzuki, you're going to like Josh Barnett. Ooh, I hope this happens. That's a good one. That's a former UFC champion in New Japan, and I just thought it was good. It was a great visual. It was. This was all so old school, man. I loved it, and I'm not always a big fan of stuff that, that goes the old school route, but so much of this was a callback to decades past, and beautiful, just beautiful. White tries to wrap up Juice's injured hand in a chair and slam it, or slam another chair into it, but he misses. Has to settle for a Saito suplex to the floor. Robinson answers with a spine buster to the apron. Then there's a Russian leg sweep off the apron that leaves both men down. Juice goes for pulp friction. Uh, for those of you who are new to New Japan, that is the unprettier, Tamakazi. But it's turned into crucifix elbows by Jay White. If you've watched the Gary Goodridge knockout, that's what that's based off of. Actually spoke to Jay White, another Fightful Select plug, about that. He said it was uh, motivated by the Gary Goodridge spot. So Switchblade almost throws Juice into the ref, but the ref is like dropped down in the corner to avoid the bump. But still, Jay White hits Juice right in the penis. So the ref is still down, like hiding from a he's he's not out of the clear. He's not he's not safe. He doesn't feel okay yet. And Juice hits Jay White with his casted up left hand, illegal, but the ref didn't see it. And it wasn't it wasn't shady because Jay White had just kicked him right in the penis. So it made sense. It didn't make Juice look like a heel. It made the heel look like he got what was coming to him. Really good. Switchblade hits the hand of Juice. uh, Or actually, Juice hit a pulp friction. Only good for two. Switchblade goes after the hand of Juice but gets rolled up. And boy, I'm even going to put over the roll-up. The schoolboy. That's how my dude Brandon Howard will teach it to you. Damn. Did you see his tweet? I think he said he can roll a motherfucker up. What I was thinking when I saw that. That's weight. Oh, that's weight on the shoulders, my man. This was outstanding. Lots of heat. I gave it an eight and a half out of ten. I thought this was an amazing match, an amazing story, an amazing way to get a baby face and a heel. Oh, by the way, maybe you introduced somebody else to the roster in Josh Barnett. You made Jim Ross even more sympathetic when he doesn't necessarily have a lot of goodwill with this audience. This was awesome. Go watch this. This was incredible. Ah, Damn. Also awesome was this main event. Kenny Omega defended the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Cody. Young Bucks were out with Cody. Brandy Rhodes, or uh, Young Bucks were out with Omega, rather. Brandy Rhodes out with Cody. Glad to see her out of her sling. Brandy is an important part of this act, and I'm glad she's there. So Omega takes the advantage after several minutes, does the Terminator clap with the Bucks. I, w- I was looking for things like how much Bucks supported Omega and what they would do for him. Cody throws his injured wife in front of him and gets Omega off of his game. Such a Cody thing to do. Cody, one of the A-plus characters in pro wrestling right now. 
in my opinion. Kenny gets sent into the guardrail, which seems to have happened a lot tonight. I, I would have, I would have maybe not done that so much, but each spot was really good. So <laughs> Cody gets coup de grade through a table in the crowd. The Bucks had steadied the barricade for Omega too. Cody worked over Omega. They slugged it out in the ring until Omega hit a Frankensteiner. There was a great V-trigger reversal tease. So Omega goes for the V-trigger, but Cody switches around, does a a take uh, go-behind waist lock, and then Omega reverses it with a drop toe hold into the second rope and then doesn't even hit the rope. He just follows up and hits the end of the V-trigger. Beautiful spot. Love that. A Snapdragon followed that. Cody applied a figure four, and they get into a slap battle. Then Omega grabs a ladder. Cody grabs a chair. But it ain't good for Omega. Omega gets slammed in front, suplexed on the ladder. They're up on the top. There's a table at ringside. Ladder right by the ropes. You know what's happening. If you've played a WWE 2K game or SmackDown versus Raw, you know what they're setting up for. You know you set that table out at ringside and you're trying to throw people off of it from inside the ring. That's what Cody wanted to do. The Bucks are pleading with him. Don't do it. Don't do it. So instead, he ends up superplexing, superplexing Kenny Omega inside the ring. My God, that was awesome. Those New Japan rings don't have a lot of give to them. One step above a boxing ring. (laughs) Cody grabs the title, gets Spike Ronald on it. So I love that Omega got livid that this Cody would even think about touching that title. That he would have the gall to touch his title. Little things like that add to the importance of the IWGP uh, championship. And as if it needed it, but... Kenny Omega being just so upset that that he that Cody would touch it. Somebody says the botch killed the match. I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, a lot was going on at that time. Maybe I missed it, but there was no single botch that would have ruined this match. Crossroads hits for 2.9. Omega power bombs Cody over the top to the outside, but the table doesn't break. Running power bump. Hey, you want to talk about another SmackDown versus Raw special? You used to be able to throw people over the top to the outside. Pretty much, it wasn't an awesome bump because it wasn't up on the shoulder like Ronda Rousey did to Alexa Bliss a few weeks ago. But, but man, uh, this was this was a psycho spot. It was a scary spot too. I'm glad Cody's all right there. But, who boy. One-winged Angel wins it. Big win for Kenny Omega. Gets his win back after giving one to Cody. And Kenny gets on the mic and says, I see pretty much a full house. No, you don't, Kenny. All due respect. You're a wonderful man, but all due respect. No, you didn't. Bullet Club comes out and congratulates Kenny Omega. And then Tama Tonga turns on Omega. It's happening. It's happening. If you've ever watched a Fightful Select Weekender podcast and I talk about BTE, I'm saying, what's going to happen with the Tongans? 
what's going I mean, Hikaleo is out for a while. Where's bad luck Fale? He ain't there. But you had Camacho and Ming in a main event segment beat down in 2018, and I loved it. Tomatonga is the right guy. He is the right guy and seems like it's natural. He's a Bullet Club original. He's got an incredible motor, and I mean an incredible motor. You could tell in that first – go back and watch him in that first match. He's, you could see it in him. Some big shit's happening tonight. Some big shit's happening tonight. Just in the way he moved and the way he, he reacted. Whoo! So, I wondered what was going to happen with Tongaloa, uh, Tama Tonga, Hikaleo, whenever he comes back. <laughs> I guess you can say Haku. <laughs> I don't know how long he's going to be around. But I thought, honestly, that Takahashi would join them and Owens would probably join them and you would have the BTE crew and them. That ain't happening. They hit the bricks, man. I don't know what this faction is called. I'll get more information. I had a lot going on. But Tomatonga and Bad Luck Fale are the originals left. Paige comes out and tries to help, as does Skrull. Takahashi gets his ass beat proper. Cody comes out, and the Tongans are letting him hit Omega with a chair, but he attacks them. He gets beat up. Cody hugs Kenny Omega as the show ended, and they leave together. Uh, Gregory Lewis says, it's the firing squad. Yeah, but I don't know if that's considered an offshoot of Bullet Club. Is it considered an extension of Bullet Club? Is it like Wolfpack, like... Does it count under the umbrella of Bullet Club? Firing squad's going to get over just fine. This was a hot angle, y'all. Hot angle. I'm pumped to see where this goes. Tomatonga is too good from a motor, a character, and a historical standpoint, especially as it relates to Bullet Club, to sit back and watch these guys who weren't there when he was to f- help found help invent Bullet Club, just run around and say Bullet Club is fine and say, uh, say <laughs> who's the leader, who's not the leader, who should do what. Can't wait for BTE this week. That's going to be fun. Man, my hair's a wreck. You all put up with it tonight, didn't you? This New Japan show, miles better than the G1 special in Long Beach. And they're coming back. We have All In on September 1st. You've got, it's almost every month now, you have a big Ring of Honor show, big New Japan show, a big indie show like All In. And the G1's coming up soon. I would love to have somebody on to talk about G1. You know, I'll try to cover it to the best of my ability, but lots of stuff happening there, my man. Lots of stuff happening there. So they're also doing a Young Lions series of shows. I think they'll draw a couple, a few hundred maybe. They're not going to get a ton of attendance for that. Um, Tama Tonga versus Kenny on July 21st in Block B. Got that G1, man. It's hot in the streets. Guys, thank you all so much for joining me. If this is your first time checking us out, Check out all of our post shows. We are Sheedy Award winners. 
We are celebrating our two-year anniversary today. I want to thank all of you that have been a part of it. We have quickly become one of the top sources in wrestling uh, MMA news as well. Definitely our bread is buttered in wrestling, but hey, man, sites like this are expensive to run. They're costly. Get the word out. We're trying to hire the best journalists there are. So any support that you all can give us via word of mouth, that helps a lot. Just saying, just going on Twitter and saying, man, I really like this review. I really like that they write this article. I like that they break this news. I love this interview. I love this podcast. I like uh, the, the, the select content. Any word of mouth that you guys can provide, I can't tell you how important that is to Fightful as a growing entity. And I know I push Fightful Select premium service all the time, but you can get all your free exclusive breaking news at Fightful.com, uh, FightfulMMA.com. You're getting everything without a paywall. All the stuff on Select is just extra, so any support you all can give us in that regard, I would truly appreciate. Subscribe, leave us a thumbs up. Thank you, guys. UFC 226 post show about to start in minutes. Come join me, Lesnar Talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.